Hello and welcome to episode two of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to growing e-commerce brands sustainably. So today I'm joined by Kate Peterson, founder of Love Earth. Now, Kate has a deep and influential history in the yoga industry here in Australia, and she's on a mission to remove plastics from the yoga ecosystem. Her econ brand Love Earth has now completely transitioned to making compostable yoga mats. So if you have an existing brand, perhaps using non-sustainable materials, I hope you'll be quite inspired by Kate's journey. And so with that, let's get into the show. Kate Peterson, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Giles. You know, I love to be noisy about what we're doing. And you should be, because I think you've accomplished some incredible things. And, you know, when I came across your brand probably a couple of months ago now, I just I just knew that you were someone that I really want to connect with. Uh, mm-hmm. And I knew you had a great story to share with everybody in the e-commerce space that's either either already blazing a trail with sustainable products or is looking to make that transition. Perhaps they've got a, an existing brand that needs to bring over mm-hmm. or not. And, and the reason I wanted you to be first, Kate, was because for me, this is kind of like... Um, uh, a revolution in 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 my own personal journey as well in terms okay. of e-commerce because about 10 years ago I had my very first mentor in the in the online brand space was a guy by the name of Ryan Moran and at the time he I first heard of him when he went to a very big high profile sale as a big Amazon seller selling yoga mats and oh wow quickly thereafter he became my first mentor in the e-commerce space and I learned heaps heaps from him back in the day this is this would be where are we now to uh, yeah so this would be like 2013 early 2014 something along that nature yeah. and and then I just thought you know what for me this is really meaningful to talk to somebody who now is it has a yoga mat business but is doing it in a sustainable way and of course mm-hmm. that's what this show's about so perhaps I'll stop talking for a minute because I'd love to, for you to maybe give a bit of background for everyone to, to yourself, Kate Peterson, who is Kate Peterson? How did you come to doing Love Earth? And tell us a little bit about um, where Love Earth is today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, um, that's, a, that's an interesting journey you've been through. And I'm sure that you could tell me a little bit about e-commerce. Let me just preface with that. Um, we started about 10 years ago at about the same time that you started to be mentored in this, this area. And um, at that stage, there was not a lot of eco-mats out there on the market at all. Um, there was something called jade mats and there was also an eco mat from England so um and they were rubber that was good but that was about where it stopped basically so we we at that point I'd been running a business called yoga solutions so we started doing the very first corporate yoga in Australia at the time when everybody thought we were crazy but for those of you that know the yoga world um there's yoga in every single business now you know it's just part and parcel really of what what's provided for employees so um we started then and and we were buying pvc mats i dread to think (laughs) and we were getting pink ones for those with pink logos and brown ones for those with brown logos and purple and all shades and um and i remember i was in bankers trust bt and just one day and we'd just got them some beautiful beautiful kind of um mottly green I guess you'd call them mats and I thought I wonder where that dye comes from and that led to another thought of I wonder where how this mat is made you know because I really hadn't thought about that at all and um I don't think that 
many people in the yoga world had started thinking about where their mats were coming from. So when I started to do the research, I was horrified. I just was like, oh, my Lord, we've been out there for the last eight years selling these mats that are actually carcinogenic for the people using them. They're carcinogenic for the planet. They never rot. They're made with with petrochemicals, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess, um, you know, at that point, we I just said, I can't keep doing that. And I thought, well, we better come up with a better solution. So that's how Love Earth was born, really, out of guilt. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I, I suppose that's as good as reason as any. But but what I love, I love the fact that you've actually then uh, kind of taken the big steps and, and put the big things in place, because I think that's where you know, kind of so many people stop is they go, I, 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 this doesn't feel right, but I don't know how to change it. So, so can you kind of like, and I think that's really one of the big hurdles really, to, yeah. particularly with people yeah. that already have a brand and have something going is that it all seems yeah. so hard to reinvent it all. So how yeah. did you actually put yeah. that together for us? How did you go and find the right materials? Oh, okay. Well, I guess, um, you know, the fastest growing proportion of our, um, of our society are uh, centenarians, people that live for a, over 100 and I act like I'm going to live till over 100 I hope I do (laughs) but it's been a very slow journey you know like um we didn't have any backers or what have you and we certainly it's a yoga business and again if you know anything about yoga it's not a mega uh most people don't sustain themselves very well um monetarily in every other way yes but not monetarily so um it's been a slow slow journey and it will continue to be slow and I think that's what kind of makes it sustainable so the way that it started was okay here we are first of all we ordered all the eco mats on the um out there and brought them in and realized that they just didn't make the grade so some of them were really really pillable so if you practice yoga when you're jumping and rubbing and all the rest of that little bits were coming off and frying away from those mats we put them through some pretty strong tests um we found that they were kind of stringing at the sides and basically you know although they were eco and we were applauding that the quality wasn't very good so um we actually started the process of designing them along with the company that we used in taiwan previously so it was their first eco mat and that was um, quite a big job for them to come up with it. And so we had a lot of wrong turns and a lot of dud, dud ideas. And, um, and they, we've done it all remotely, which is not, not ideal, actually. Uh, I would have liked to be over in Taiwan holding their hand, going through things. But we did our due diligence by getting them to send um, uh, um, manufacturing reports, which basically looked at all the ingredients and the toxicity levels. And they were proper really well done reports um we haven't yet yeah so that's what happened they they we went backwards and forwards until we came to something that was really really grippy and beautiful um and was very very pure the first lot of mats that they sent to us you know the whole stance that we're taking is we if we're doing yoga we better be doing yoga and yoga meaning that it has to be conscious action and you know our whole principle is caring for country so um (laughs) <laughs> we were um, trying to get rid of the plastics in order to look after the planet. So as you can tell, if you look at anything that we put out there, but when the first lot of mats that they sent us, and there was only, we did a trial run of, I think, 300 mats or something. We were all wrapped in glad wrap. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, oh no. Yeah, head you know, desk so, moment. <laughs> so, you know, that was ridiculous. And so we, we undid all of those quickly and sent them a really strongly worded message just to see if we can get the message across. But, you know, if people are at different points on that 
um, trajectory of awareness around caring for country. But you, you obviously talk there about the process of, you know, having to go through lots of different iterations to find something mm. that was just the right um, durability and softness and, and uh, I guess, mm. rollability and all, all those other things that you were yeah. looking for. And you've ended up, I think, with plant resin and jute. Um, yes. Yeah, what yeah. is jute? Can you tell, uh, tell us a little bit about what oh, jute yeah. is and why and that's so a good material? Yeah, that jute comes from Bangladesh. It's a very sustainable industry. And it's um, it's actually uh, a beautiful long grass that grows in Bangladesh. So, um, And they export it over to Taiwan, and then it's used there. Um, it, it's also used to make rope and a whole lot of other things. It's very, very durable. We could have used hemp, um, but hemp is a lot more expensive because it was flavour of the month kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided, we decided to use jute. Um, and the rubber comes from anywhere from all the way north in North Thailand all the way down to the south of Malaysia um, and it varies in color color um, depending where it comes from there's no such thing as fair trade rubber so uh, there's fair trade a lot of different things but there's no fair trade rubber there is however something called fair rubber which comes from um, comes from any a farm that's deemed to be looking after its workers and to um, be entering into the whole development that we're all doing which is about about the planet regenerating itself etc so um but we haven't yet got that relationship so just at the very beginning of covid we were about to head off to taiwan to finally you know meet the team and do all that kind of stuff and also we were going to stop by sri lanka and um, establish relationships with a farm over there so um look it'll happen as i said i'm going to live to 100 and something so i'm you know i'm getting close but i'm not there yet. Oh, you've got and a long way to go <laughs> so i kind of um you know ideally you know what would be amazing pinnacle which would be incredible you know if we manage to find somebody to come on and to work with us because we're not precious about the monetary aspect um is to start to develop a rubber product here in australia that and also there's a lot of beautiful grasses in australia that could be used just as well as jute so you know ultimately it would be made here um <clears throat> we did look at making it here but <clears throat> we found that it was um an incredibly expensive process. We yeah. talked to quite a few different factories. We found out that the cost price was greater than what we were retailing for. So, mm. um, and we haven't managed to find a pathway through yet, but we continue to try gently. Yeah, gently. and you know what? I think I think you've hit on a really sort of central conundrum for everybody, mm. particularly in the sustainable space. I mean, I, I suppose mm. you know traditional brands have kind of worked this out many years ago. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and and hence manufacturing has all gone to places like China and Taiwan and and, and so on. Yeah. But you know, but obviously from a sustainability point of view. Um, it's a journey, but we, but you know mm. we obviously want to minimise the transportation costs in in the carbon footprint along the along the supply chain, and yet you know clearly manufacturing here in Australia just makes things so incredibly expensive by the time it gets to the consumer that it becomes unviable. Mm. So mm. so you've obviously offshored a lot of this. You've got you, you've got in, in Taiwan, you've got sustainable um, you know raw materials coming coming from other locations. So yeah. how do you do you have any but everyone who's I'm sure many people will be in the same boat about how mm. do you go about managing the quality of what those people are producing mm. for you, particularly with regards to the materials they're using? How do you make sure they don't tip in extra stuff that shouldn't be there? Yeah, well, we always make sure that we get a report 
um, there's some really good chemical reports that can be paid for and, and um, achieved. So we make sure that we have an international standard checking on that. Um, you just have to because otherwise you don't know what goes in there. Um, and I'm also really clear that we're making these in Taiwan because it's not China. <laughs> um, very clear about that. Yeah. So at one point we thought we might try and find a cheaper um, a cheaper way to make the mats because our profit margin isn't monster. Um, and we, my daughter, who was then working with me, suggested that we ask a few ask Chinese people to make the mats too. And it, you know, that I'm not talking about the whole of China, but the ethos of the people that we were dealing with was um, was not really clear about about the greenness of our product. So we ended yeah. up with people sending us things claiming that it was actually. Um, natural rubber but the word natural rubber is really interesting because you can legally use natural rubber to describe petrochemical based rubber so Mm. um, as opposed to tree rubber so we got quite a few of those samples coming back and we just put I didn't actually want to go to China because I'm not really really clear about the um about how the workplace would have been for people whereas in Taiwan it's an eight-hour day and there's really strict rules and strict kind of um it's well held, you know. There's a yes. lot of really good, good a lot art. More ethical yeah. type of um, management of the staff, and yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think yeah. it's a terrific place. So, um, so mm. just just on that, then you, you know, you've um, you, you've got the you've got the raw materials together. You found your you found your factory over in Taiwan, yep. and obviously you're still there now, which means must mean you've got yes. a long standing and great relationship with them. Yeah. Um, and then you and then you're in, you're importing them over, but you didn't stop there. Mm. You 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 kind of top and tailed the whole process by <laughs> by offering to take in mm. people's old reuse mats and recycle them. So, how yeah. have you how did you come to that decision? How do you manage that in your supply chain? Yeah, so let me say that it was never, never, we never set off to make megabucks. It would be nice and will be nice when it happens. <laughs> but um, the main purpose was to try and get plastics out of the yoga ecosystem. So, you know, there's a lot of people still buying PVC and TPE and other mats that are filthy. Um, that's a very strong word, isn't it? But they are filthy. It is, but you know what they are. <laughs> yeah, they are filthy. And I'm getting clear on that as I continue on with this journey. Um, so, so we were trying to stage uh, a way of encouraging people not to do that anymore. And as spoken about, 62% of yoga teachers are below, have a wage that's below the poverty line. So, you know, there's not a lot of money floating around. So it's very tempting to make cheap, nasty choices. Um, so we were, we therefore decided that, you know, beyond you know, hitting people over the knuckles and saying don't do that, we would try and give them a way that they could move in that space. So um, instead of people or people and also studios taking their old mats and throwing them into, um, into landfill where they will never rot, <laughs> we accept them back and we store them at the moment in my um, long-suffering parents' garage. <laughs> and then, then we ship them out to places that need them. And that could be all kinds of things. It's dog shelters. It's, um, we've been doing a lot of stuff with Wesley Mission and different, different places that support people on the streets to make um because yoga mats are a great sleeping platform. They're light to carry and they're waterproof and they give a bit of insulation from the cement. Um, we've used we've used them for just about anything. Roofers used to take our yoga mats to, and people who are 
I think there was a movie mob that took them to, uh, anyway, look, there's a lot of different ways that they can be used. We particularly provided them for anybody that was doing yoga for good in prisons or, you know, with um, with uh, domestic violence, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and also we've, we've been really clear that if somebody's setting up their business, they can use these uh, pre-loved mats to set up their business so that until they've made the money to allow them to make the right choice with their mats they can use those so it's an act of love really you know yeah i, I love that and i love the thoughtfulness which yeah. with which you're looking at the at the whole ecosystem here you know that the yeah. whole loop if you like it, it it's it's really cool and and then looking at the and looking at the other end obviously yeah. you know you've you've sort of marketed these as compostable yoga mats yeah. now now i think there's a lot of question marks and confusion around what that you know what compostable really oh. means what's what's your what's your view on that and and how should well how, how why did you get to choose that particular word compostable because that's what we do with them in my backyard we chop them up and we um put them into the compost or else we lay them on top of where we're putting down vegetable things to stop the weeds and they're pure so you know they are made out, out of pure substances which means that um i don't I, i'm totally happy with them going into my vegetables yeah. <laughs> and so should other people be and uh, that's why. So most people, when we tell them what to do, they do that. They just compost them themselves. <laughs> but yeah. some people send them back and those ones end up in my garden as well. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And the, all the other mats we pass on. Yeah. And so, but, and um, so um, how, how, do, how do people take that? I mean, is, do, you, do you find you're fielding questions around, oh, if it's compostable, how long will it last? Like, is it, is it a good durable mat yeah. if, it, if it's just going to yeah. break down? Well, look, rubber, rubber does break down. So um, we've still we've had studios that have had them, you know, the whole eight years have continued to use them. They don't look the most beautiful by eight years <laughs> because initially we had a very um, natural yoga mat, which was white to straw coloured. So eventually they get a little bit dirty, <laughs> but yeah. they look natural. They certainly look natural. And, and some studios really liked that feeling. Um, we've now got a charcoal mat and, and that's, uh, you know, something that I think we, we really have championed because as far as I know, and I would love to be corrected on this, but every other black market, black yoga mat, be it eco or otherwise, is using something called carbon black to make that black and that black is the most disgusting product ever it's a petrochemical byproduct of the coal coal process um, of coking coal and it's it's very fine little missiles that can go the people work the work in that industry get terrible disorders and diseases it's petrochemical and it's not a good thing to have in the mat so we um instead use vinchitan charcoal which is a beautiful um it comes from oak trees in Japan and also in Taiwan. And it's, it's cooked and it's used as a purification for water, um, but it's also used to colour our mats. So that's what we use there. And the ochre is an oxide. We tried for a long time because um, one of the other things that I do is I'm a director on Nangwale um, Aboriginal Corporation. So we're really championing the fact that you know, we don't need to keep going to India for our knowledge necessarily. We've got a lot of beautiful and wisdom in this country and this culture and that we need to start that conversation. So that's that's a big kind of influence on Love Earth and caring for country is a really fundamental thing. So we've been reaching out to Aboriginal communities and bringing in ochre and testing that, but we've never found... Um, We've never found an ochre that's strong enough to move straight from the dirt into our mat and give it enough colour to be interesting. So now we've we've uh, compromised and we're using an oxide of an ochre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. But it's I, I pure. Love that. 
I love yeah. that. I, and once again, you know, I just applaud you for for considering all of the details of this in terms mm. of its sustainability, where it comes from, and of course, you know, the, the the full the full picture here. One of the things that's standing out to me in talking to and, and reading mm. your bio as well is just how busy you are in terms of the number of things you've got going. You've got the the um, mm. the institute. What, how did you describe it a moment ago? Um, Nangwale Aboriginal Corporation. Corporation, Aboriginal called. Corporation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've got you've got that going on. You've got you've got obviously your your econ brand. You've got mm. at least one, if not a couple, of strings going on within the yoga space. Yeah. And I've literally just caught you off the back of what I can only imagine is a beautiful bushwalk where you've got to, you've managed to get out. How do you, how do you balance your time, Kate, as an entrepreneur? I mean, we all we all get so busy trying to do a million things and get excited and passionate about what we're doing. How do you how do you make it all happen? <laughs> it's called, called a dog. Brilliant, I love it's a it. Simple technique, hey. You've got to walk the dog. Yes. Which is you know a synonym for for life. I live down on a beautiful coastal area, which is really predominantly underwater right now <laughs> but um yeah so it's I think the most important thing for me is just that I have to listen up and it's got to move slow and sustainable to mean me me personally means slow like if you're rush 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 and you've got a goalpost and no matter what you're going to get there you're going to break things you know and I it's not my way of doing business it just isn't so I as I said I don't really care so much about the profit margin as long as I can eat (laughs) but I do care about the impact that I've got I'm having I really really do and you know with I'm surrounded by equally enthusiastic people so that sustains you you know you need a community of people that like yourself you know that you can actually call up phone have a cup of tea with get excited with etc etc you know that horrible statistic that 64 percent of people across the globe are in jobs from which they find no sense of purpose like I can't imagine what that would be like yeah so um I think that's sustaining isn't it really and it it is and 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 I must admit I think you know organizations like yourself you know, and, and, and anyone that's sort of following things like the B Corp line where mm. they're where they're looking to become um, I, I don't want to overuse the term, but purpose driven uh, brands. Yes. Yeah. It makes sense because I think now with, you know, the, the notion of the great resignation on, it's mm. harder than mm. ever to find people who not will ju- not just turn up and do a job, but actually be part mm. of it and bring their brains and their hearts into the place as well, yeah. which, of course, yeah. is what makes the difference between, you know, a great mm. company that's growing and, and, mm. and is multiplying its people to, to yeah. one that just has uh, a bunch of cogs in, in, in a machine that's just turning. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, and so I, I love I love that concept. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what you're doing is, is incredible. And I, and, I, and I know on behalf of everybody, I want to thank you for taking such a considered <laughs> approach to, to the sustainability because oh. you have thought about all, all the pieces. Mm. One thing I, I'd, I'd love to know is on that journey that you've had, you know, from 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 the day when you realized that the that the the yoga mats that you were selling back in the day were, you know, not very good for the environment to, to where you are today. What's, what's been your biggest challenge, do you think, in bringing that to life and, and how did you overcome uh, it? Um, the biggest challenge has been, you know, like the whole thing of, of doing as well as promoting is just such a continual <coughs> juggle, isn't it, really? So, um, you know, like I'm, I'm very happy to, and I, you hear it all the time with, I work in the health and wellness industry through Soul Advisor as well. Um, and people who are passionate about healing each other and healing the world and doing amazing stuff. But, you know, it's one thing to do that. And you need to have a certain um, frequency and vibration to do that and certain, um, as you say, lifestyle to do that. 
<clears throat> and to stay pure to that pur- that purpose. But then you have to go out there and battle the zillion other things that it takes to make a business actually work. Mm. And, um, you know, guilty as charged. I haven't been particularly good at that and that's, I've just had to forgive myself. And I guess that has been the hardest part because in this world we are judged by how much money we have. And it's been really hard for me to just go, you know, I could go out and get a mega job. Sure, I could. You know, I'm qualified enough to do so and I've had enough experience to do so. But I choose to move in this more sustainable way and to feel happy in every single way that, that every single kind of um, indice that um, I think is part of a sustainable, happy life. So, you know, I've got great friends. I've got great, great family. I've got great animals around me. I live in a beautiful spot. I eat organic food I you know I'm, I'm really happy with my life but if we're talking about um lots of money I've got enough yeah. you know it's not lots of money so there's there's really there's been a lot of especially working in the corporate world as I have like teaching yoga and holding that space um I'm really aware of people inadvertently making those judgments around you know those that have succeeded in business being money and those that haven't succeeded in business, lack of money. And I really appreciate you for what you said. I said, you don't really want to talk to me because I haven't made, you know, a franchise out of this <laughs> or I haven't yet cracked that nut, which is like, okay, I've got all this money and um, the world is my oyster. And you yeah. said that's not what I've, that's not what sustainable e-com is all about. So thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's not, it genuinely isn't. I mean, it, it, we, we, yeah. I'm, I'm here and this podcast exists because I want to, inspire as many people in our industry in my in the industry that i love uh, mm. to 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 think more carefully about the choices they're making at mm. all points in their business so mm. that we're not leaving such a negative impact on the world i mean you know you only need mm. to travel to uh, you know probably well, let's just generically say th- parts of the third world as, as we know them to with your sourcing materials to see how mm. much waste there is produced and, and, mm. and how, and, and I mean, they're rapidly improving, which is great. There's a lot of work going on over there. So I don't want to malign yeah. them, but at the same time, when you've seen literally piles of it, you know, just yeah. getting turfed out and then yeah. you look and you come over here and you think, Oh, well, we're, mm. we're superior um, in some way. Mm. And you come over here and you go, Oh no, we're not actually. No, we're not. There's vast <laughs> piles of it here as well. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and, and, and when, when, you know, when you hear statistics like, you know, forty percent of all landfill now is from e-commerce packaging. You just yeah. hold your head and go, "Oh, we have to do this a better way." And yeah. so, I love—I I really love and I, mm. and I enjoy talking to people like yourself who are making an mm. impact in the world. And, and, and clearly, your focus mm. is to take plastics out of the yoga supply chain. So, yeah. how do you get that message out? Like, what's your most successful yeah. technique for actually conveying that yeah. message? Well, thanks for asking. I mean, it's a bit like a calling card <clears throat> for us. Um, with Love Earth and Yoga Hive and Soul Advisor, we slip this into the conversation all the time, you know, so we're constantly, hopefully, providing an upward force. And I think that's shown by the fact we've now had three or four copycats from of what we've created, which is exactly what we want. You know, normally for a normal business, they'd go, no, we've got copycats. But for us, it's like, yay, we've got copycats. And hopefully everyone comes over to this side pretty soon. But what we're doing, I don't know if you've had a good look at our website, is we've created a map. And we're in the process of um, doing an, uh, a course so that people, that studios that want to appear on that map 
I'm going to do this course, which is like, have you thought about all these things about how you run your business in terms of sustainability? And, um, and it gives them ways to proceed. So if they sign a pledge, which is what it'll be, that they're, they're, they want to make their business greener and, and more and more care for country, then they'll be on that map with us. And that will be the community of people that have really thought about, you know, how can we best influence um, the way that our communities, our yoga communities, and those and our supply chain work. Yeah, perfect. I love, so, I love that. Yeah. So, I, so I, I, think we, I think we're just about out of time, Kate. But I just want yeah. to ask you one more question, which is: okay. if you were to cast your mind back a couple of years to when you're in your twenties, mm. and mm. you were, if you were starting out your sustainable e-commerce business now, what would you say to yourself? Wow. What would I say to myself? I would say, um, just. Just know that this is going to be a long and pleasurable journey as complex as any worthwhile journey might be <laughs> and that it will you'll reap many many rewards along the way and you'll have stumbling blocks and you'll have um, rivers to ford and mountains to climb but by the end of it you'll be wiser and the world needs will be a better place from your endeavors well, that, I love that. I love that because ultimately, you know, any any business journey is all about persistence. Uh, you know, like a, a, anyone who thinks they can get into business and e-commerce in particular and think it's just a free ride, it's a free ride to money. Uh, they are kidding themselves, <laughs> honestly, kidding yeah. themselves, you know, uh, uh, having mm. a, having built multiple brands myself as well. I know what you just said is, is absolutely right. There's twists and turns, yeah. there's potholes, there's days where you yep. you think, what am I doing? And then, and then there's yeah. days where you just feel like jumping with joy because something... Yeah. Maybe it's even something small that happened, and you've got to grasp those. You've got to really enjoy those and celebrate those successes for what they are, because that's what sustains yeah. you through this whole yeah. process. <laughs> so, so Kate, where can people get hold of your beautiful yoga mats? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, Love Earth, that's got one E in it, L-O-V-E-A-R-T-H dot com dot A-U. I'd love to see you there, and, and we're always up for a chat. So, you know, like, call us and be part of the solution. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a joy talking to you and uh, I hope we, we'll, we'll have you back on the show in the future. Thank you. And I really, really wish you the best with your journey. It's uh, I'm honoured to be the first one to be interviewed. I can't believe it. So thank you so much. And um, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful, wonderful future. Thanks a lot, Kate. Take care. Take care.